What's up, guys? Ben here. Uh, I'm here with my guy, Chris, a.k.a. Crowder, a.k.a. The Coach. And it's another episode of Scrap Time recording on the 27th of February. Week two of the major three qualifiers finished up this weekend. My hair also finished up this weekend. If you're watching this on the audio version, as you guys might know, I had a bet with Aches before major two that if FaZe lost, he would pay me $500. If they won the major, I'd have to shave my head. Obviously, phase one. So when I was here in Atlanta this weekend, we were doing uh, some content here at the Atlanta Face facility. Uh, on stream, I got my head shaved by Selium. So that was hilarious. So yeah. Anyway, outside of all of that, Chris, how are you doing today? I am doing fantastic. I have yet to see the actual video of MC shaving your head. So I'm going to have to watch that eventually. Uh, but yeah, you look good. I'm not going to lie, Ben. You definitely pull off the bald look better than I expected. Not even saying that to be nice because you know I would not say that to you to be nice. But I really, what do you guys think, Chad? I feel like he, I feel like he pulls it off better than expected. And I also cannot believe I thought they were just gonna let MC shave his head and then like you know just do the electric razor. But he went like full out. Like if you have not seen uh, this yet, like he went full out. Like he used actual razor shaving cream. Like he he's literally like Maven. Uh, to be fair, mm -hmm. MC did the electric razor and then you know the goat Danny, uh, content guy for y'all, uh, he did the rest. Um, cause I don't trust MC with a regular razor, like <laughs> respectfully. So we just had him do the easy part and then Danny did the hard part. So yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I think it came out a lot better than expected. I'm not going to keep it. I think we'll let this, it'll be nice. It's going to grow back out and nice, like short hair in the summer, which will be good. Um, uh, but yeah, I'm not doing this bet again. I obviously followed on through on it cause, <clears throat> cause you know, I'm not a, you know, but uh it's been a it's been a fun weekend here chris in atlanta i gotta say oh that place uh, is first awesome time, first time i've been to this facility mm -hmm. it's massive like there's yeah, a gym in here a lot of rooms um shout out to all you know danny and shamel and everybody Brittany and kennedy everybody that helped uh get set up we were supposed to have tommy here fortunately he ran the complications with travel and a bunch of other stuff so he didn't end up actually joining us in atlanta this weekend that's all good we had the team in we did watch parties we did um, we do some content today. Uh, we did some content at Top Golf yesterday. That was interesting. Um, and yeah, it was it was a fun trip. I think Chris, we're gonna come down to Atlanta at some point again. Yeah, no. probably major four or five. So yeah, Atlanta's awesome, dude. That facility is really cool. Uh, we went there obviously last year, and yeah, that place is like built for you to like never have to leave it if you don't want to. Like with the gym, the bathrooms, like you can shower there if you want. You the dude, the, the setups are crazy. The stream rooms nuts. Where are you set up right now? Are you set up like just in like the where so, are you? So there's the team room to mm -hmm. my left. Then okay, the, so I know in between are, yeah. me, the team room and my room is like a, a room that's got like a temporary wall. In between it to my left is where Temp plays. Uh, okay. And then I'm in the other part of that room. Oh, sweet. Yeah, no, that's, that's really cool, dude. Yeah, that, yeah, that so, place is awesome, though. I'm glad you are having fun. Yeah, having the whole team out there and stuff, too. I'm sure you guys are having a blast. Yeah, I don't know. What does this room used to be for? I don't know. It's got, it's got screens and stuff in it. I don't know. It's a cool room, though. I would have to see it, yeah, but... But yeah, I've been I've been here most of the weekend. It's been cool, um, and so I enjoy the trip. So shout out to everybody that set that up. I'm just here for a couple more hours today. I fly out tonight. We're just uh, we're doing MC Mondays. I think that will be. Uh... Oh, he's asking you questions. He's got. Yeah, we'll oh, see. Shit. We'll see. We'll see how that goes. And then uh, <laughs> I think we're doing a podcast episode, and then I'm gonna dip to the airport. So oh, fun, fun day, but also like a weird and fun week of matches. Mm -hmm. 
So the way I think we're going to normally do this show chat, we'll we'll get to it in a second. We'll we'll do face stuff first, and then we kind of do who impressed, who struggled. This is a weird week where a lot of teams went like one on one this week, so we'll cover that as well. And then I think at the end of this too, we'll do like um our last segment. We'll be taking a look at sort of the probabilities and who's going to make winners and kind of talk about major three. Uh, Chris, do you want to talk about the major four announcement first, or do you want to talk about how Atlanta phase did this weekend uh, first? Let's get the phase stuff out, just out of the way, just to get it out of the way, and then we can talk about the major four because I actually didn't even see the major four announcement. So, okay, pop it up. Well, yeah. well, cool. So, uh, obviously, y'all played two matches this weekend: one against London, let's see, one against Las Vegas Legion. Yes, you guys went two and zero oh this weekend. Now uh, three and one uh, on the major qualifier cycle. So, you guys are good for winners bracket now with one game left versus Optic next week. We'll get to that in a minute, but. Um, you know, I know that Vegas and London, there's no disrespect to those teams are not, you know, top-ish teams in the league right now. You can only play the teams in front of you. Obviously, with that factored in, going 2-0, not a clean record in terms of map wins this weekend. Like, what was the biggest or biggest takeaways from your team in terms of the results? Uh, I mean, well, London and Vegas, I, I was saying this before because I get a lot of this stuff in my chat too. Like, people are saying like, oh, you know, you have an easy win type thing. Like, that was like the vibe between both of these matches. And I don't know, as like not top teams as those teams are, like there you never really have a free win in the CDL. So obviously winning any match is always the goal, whether it's three oh, three one, three two. You obviously want it to be cleaner than not clean. You know, you don't you'd rather three oh than three two or three one. But um yeah, like London played a really good series versus New York, almost to the point where they almost basically beat them. You know, like that first hard point was a damn I mean, I feel that they threw it. So like they played pretty well versus New York, so we knew London wasn't gonna just be like walk in the park or, or you know we didn't take it that way and then the same thing with vegas like vegas beat thieves you know like vegas looked good versus thieves and then they played us and like we looked really good too so it's like i i think the cdl in general like any day if you come out flat you're gonna lose so i think even though yeah you, if you're saying like hypothetically they're not like the top teams in the league it's still good matches to win it's still really good practice and match scenario of like what you're working on and all that stuff and even when you win matches, if it's a 3-0 or 3-1, if, like, you're a good team, like, you still learn from it, right? So I think going back to the London match and stuff, uh, we won it, and we looked good, and we were happy with it. Some of the hard point stuff was still a little, like, you know, on and off. Like, we, I think we could have done some, some stuff better in the hard point, and we kind of, like, watched it back and talked about it, and I, I, that was a pretty, like, a, a clean series in that sense. And then the Vegas one was, like, the same thing. If you eliminate the first map, those last three maps were like pure perfection. I thought we played it really, really well. I thought our Mercado S and D looked amazing. I thought the control looked really, really good. And then of course I thought like our last and final hard point we dominated. Right? Like that's like that hard point, the way we played that one, I think is like or what I'd like to see more out of us. And that's like what we see a lot in scrims and stuff. And then that first hard point though with the hotel, we're just making like little mistakes even versus london we we're making like some of the similar some of the similar mistakes too that like we have to clean up in general it's not just a hotel thing but just in general for our hard point when we are playing wrong some of the mistakes that were happening with like helping each other out with some of the teamworks and some of our holding positions and even it's like some of our breaks just have to be like a bit more clean like it's a little bit separate sometimes it's not like the best communication between each other and like some of the holding opportunities could just be where we take off and like, you know, cement the game, but then like we'll troll and do something wrong. And then like the game will be close again. And we have to like eliminate that to like really be a consistent team in hard point. And if we can get to that, then I think we can be really dangerous. So 
I was happy with it. Uh, I think those matches, even though we won them, we learned a lot of what we need to do to become the team that we want to become and keep pushing towards it. So from a coaching perspective, obviously winning is always nice, but not even with winning, but just what we learned from those matches, I think were really important. And hopefully we just keep getting better and better, you know? Yeah. Feel you, feel you on that. And I think, you know, we talked at length that I think the biggest focus, well, I mean, you guys are obviously focused on all game modes, but mm-hmm. Improving in hard point is sort of a key for your team right now to try and go back to back at major three. Yeah, we're we're making we're we're we consistently put ourselves in good positions in hard point right now, which is from my perspective as a coach exactly what you want. You obviously want to be in good positions to win games more than often because that will lead to more you know more wins inevitably, and yeah. that will hire your floor. So like we're playing like good Call of Duty for a good like you know we're playing good call of duty but we're not executing on like that last and final step that would just cement the game in our favor you know and once we clean up some of those mistakes that are going to happen no team's ever perfect but if we can stop making them as consistently i think we'll be in a really good spot hard points to focus everything is to focus though at the end of the day but yeah no we just are get like again i'm happy that we're just playing these matches and it's a long season we have a lot of time to like continue doing our thing and every match is just a learning like a learning curve for us to like make sure like you know what did we take away from that match that was really good and then also what did we take away from that match that we need to work on and get better and i feel like every every time we have that conversation as a coach i'm really really happy that that's like our attitude no matter what the win is or losses so got to stay on that grind so i've been super proud of the guys so far cool uh so i think just to wrap it up you guys play optic uh next week i'm gonna ask you a, a hot question which is like you know, uh, you guys don't play till the end of the day on Sunday. Mm-hmm. The way the optics kind of schedule breaks out, they may have to potentially either win or um, get a certain result in that match to make winner's bracket. Like, what is your team's approach going to the game? You obviously are trying to win. Are you guys maybe experimenting a bit? Like, what? I don't need to tip your hand too much, but I'm just curious your kind of thought process in terms of prep this week for that match. Um... I mean, sorry, I'm looking at something, but uh, yeah, I mean, our approach is just like we, again, have to just keep fixing our mistakes in the sense of like what we're trying to work on. Like, obviously, there's some maps that I still think we need to get in our series more that we haven't gotten to play, but at the same time, like we need to win, you know, winning the match. But I've said this for the last couple of years, and I will say this when a team ever is expanding their map pool and Again, I don't know if that's the, our approach yet. We'd have to obviously talk about it because, like, Optic's a really good team. Like, and with what I'm saying, we still need to work at Hardpoint, and Optic's a good Hardpoint team. You know, I so said they're a good team, so this match is going to be good for us, even if we play our best maps. You know what I mean? That, that doesn't fucking matter. That shit's such bullshit. But like, yeah, like, even when people do their map, well, that's not an excuse to lose or anything of the sort ever. Like, you know, like you play maps that you obviously want to win. You don't just play to lose. So, like, yeah, I mean, our focus right now is to become the best respawn team that we can be while keeping our search and destroy as good as it is right now too, you know, like trying to like keep everything up. Yeah. So yeah, we're going to like, you know, you want to play for play to win and play to get better as a team. So depending on like what we think we need at the moment is what we're going to do. You know, like I don't think that's like too crazy. And yeah, optic schedule right now breaks down. We're like, you know, depending on how they play and stuff, we'll see. But yeah, I think playing optic, no matter what is always really good practice, whether it's a do or die match or not, or whatever it is, like they're a good team with a shit ton of gun skill. And that is going to always show you, mistakes that you can't make versus teams like that you can bail out with gun skill so i think it's going to be a really good match for us no matter what yep i'm excited and i think the flip side of that scenario is if they beat new york mm-hmm. earlier in that weekend you guys are both in winners that's this could be a 
weird series, you know, like you understand where I'm coming from. Like, no, I, right? I know what you're, you're saying. You're both the winners yeah. and you're like, don't want to tip your hand. But no one plays, no one, yeah, but yeah. no one also, no one just plays to lose matches. And that's what I mean. Like as much as like you want to expand your map pool and work on stuff. And that is definitely what you always want to do. You want to worry about like the big picture. You still can't just like, I feel like some people take that as like, oh, it's just an excuse to lose. That's like also bullshit, bro. Like you scrim every day on these maps every single fucking day. Like, and at the end of the day too, it's no team is so perfect to the point where like, yeah, like we're just going to play a map that we'd like, I don't know. Like, I, I feel like again, at the end of the day, when you play a top team, it's good practice. Good practice leads to good practice for the major, which leads to good performance at the major. That's the goal. So like, yeah, I think it's just a really good opportunity for our team to, again, get more reps in against really good teams and keep trying to get better. That's really all that matters. Cool. Well, let's uh, move on. So you went and taken a look at the major four announcements. If you want to pull this up, yeah, so up, yeah. just to get background on this to people that maybe don't know about major four, this is supposed to be the New York major. At some point, I believe in December, and they put it out there um, that they're no longer hosting the event. They, from their perspective, said it was due to the space available for challengers. Sure, uh, but uh, that left the league having to find oh. uh, a host for major four. Uh, as Chris accidentally runs uh, <laughs> my, my intro. His, his, his intro <laughs> transition. Uh, anyway, all of that aside, uh, so they spent some time, I think, trying to find someone to go ahead and host this event. Um, they were, it seemed like they weren't able to do so. Mm. Um, I think Dion talked about this in a community update with Spencer a while back. Uh, and so they've officially announced that they're going to do it in Columbus, Ohio. On land with no live audience. I don't think they've announced specifically the venue for this, but I think you and I probably know what it is. Yeah. Um, and they've also adjusted the major four schedule slightly. Mm. Um, and I think Daniel actually replied and explained this is because they had originally this is actually the original dates that they had for major four, and they had shifted the old they had shifted the dates originally in order to accommodate New York's uh, venue availability. So Obviously disappointing that Major Four has no live audience, but I guess my first question to you is you definitely would rather this event be on land than their plan B, which is like an online major. Yeah, I mean I I mean I don't so why would there be no live audience? Just like not like the depending on obviously the venue and stuff and everything, I'm assuming. Yeah, like, the, yeah. the space space is not big enough yeah, for that's, this yeah, okay. for a crowd. That's, yeah. That's what I figured. And, and, yeah, keep going. And, Sorry. Yeah, and I, I know like I saw Dentist tweet like about helix and like helix i think also would also have a difficult time the, the problem that people don't understand with these events is you have 12 teams you have all the practice areas for all 12 teams you have all the additional personnel that's going to work around an event hmm. you've got the broadcast crew like just because your venue can or space can run like say a LAN with 12 stations it's not going to be enough for 12 stations plus an audience so yeah it, it's it really sucks and i assume obviously it's always cost is sometimes a factor in these things but you know where i was going with that question is like it's obviously not an ideal situation i think we'd love to have had the event in new york i'm glad they were able to figure out how to do it on lando because the worst thing that could have happened in this situation is Doing especially major. the fourth major it's an online major and maybe not so much for a team like you but for a team like a vegas or a london or a florida or no, an lag yeah. that's in the bottom right now and having to play for those cdl points online like that would have been brutal yeah, no, I mean, I, at the end of the day, yeah, it sucks. I understand why people are probably upset about the no live audience thing. But I think with the fact that, like, New York wasn't able to do their major, and then they had to obviously scramble and figure something out and, like, try and get people to do it, and then they come up with this, like, I don't know. I, I, I think this is a better case scenario than 
having an online major. I don't know. I, I think like it's really underrated how hard it is to find a fucking venue. Like, I think again, like, I don't know behind the scenes, like when this all started, but to find a venue and get it all fucking situated, like right away. Like, I don't know. I, I I'm fine with this. Like, obviously I'd rather fans there just cause that environment is the best, even no matter what you are with the environment, if it's a home crowd or not, like, I think that's always cool, but I think it's much better. And for people that are saying, just do it at ESA and stuff. Like I like for that you have to get the availability for the venue and a bunch of other stuff. And also I'm assuming if they said to do it at ESA, which is like what Texas again, I'm assuming yeah. like, I'm assuming some organizations would probably also be pissed that you get two home events or something. Oh, that could be a thing, but I, I think it's I mean, underrated I, how like just to get like, just to get it. I don't know. I think this is, I this is way better than being on. Yeah. I want to just kind of give some expertise a little bit on this. So like normally when you're running a big event like this, mm. normally you're booking venues eight to 12 months yeah, in advance. That's what I figured, right? That's what I've always and been told. The other thing that people also need to understand about the event business is a lot of events are yearly events. And so these venues have people that have recurring holds on the calendar for this weekend or that weekend in a given month. So in the case of while well, New York informing the league in the end of November, December, hey, we're not going to be able to host this major. It's not like four or five months is not enough time to find a couple thousand seater venue in order to host fans and have a land. Like it's just, I'm telling y'all from experience being on the other side of this, it's like almost impossible. And uh, people say ESA and yeah, ESA is a great space. And I agree with you, Chris, maybe some political considerations. Also people should realize like ESA is events all the time. in that. Yeah, place. no, that's what also I was going to Yeah, Legitimately just not available on these weekends, which is totally understandable because they, beyond just doing esports stuff, like they do, they do a lot of other stuff in that space. It's a good mixed use space. So um, it's yeah. not a great, it's not a great situation. Yes. Denson say they could host it somewhere in Boston, but I think Helix would have a similar problem that uh, any other space would have of that size, which is you can host a land in that space with 12 stuff and they have that mini main stage. But once you add like PPAs, once you add everybody's media teams, once you add refs, once you add space for uh, IT racks and the IT support, once you add space for, you know, broadcast observers, you don't have space for fans. And it would be a similar problem at that point, I think. And then yeah. to the other point about the Boston thing, the same point about ESA, the I think they need one of the political yeah. issue where they're running back, they're running a major two and then a major four. So yeah. it's, it's not an ideal situation. Um, but I think this is sort of the best of what they could have done. Obviously, selfishly, this is a great event for me because I live in Columbus, yeah. Ohio, so I don't <laughs> got to get on a flight. I'm not uh, happy that I got to go to the East Coast again, bro. Fuck. I keep the, nah. the flight so goddamn long, dude. But I don't know. I think, yeah, I think for Ocho, you're in the chat saying it's pathetic and like you're going crazy about it. And like Champs was in LA. I understand that LA got a, like a home Champs event last year, but like, I don't know. I really don't think it's as pathetic as you guys are making it out to be. I, I, I feel like at least we got a fucking land thing. It sucks that team's backed out, but like, I don't know. Like, I, I really don't. Like, it, it's again, it's not the best case scenario, but to say it's pathetic, I don't know. I think that's wild, but. Yeah, and I'm happy that my, we're doing this shit, so I'm fine. Yeah. With it. My my last thought on it is because I'm seeing this and that. Guys, considering the time it took for them to announce this and when the New York stuff came in, I think everyone that's like, oh, they didn't try or didn't talk to teams. I'm, I'm gonna sure tell did. you from being on the other side that I can assure you I yeah. don't think that's likely. Now, what might be happening is that these conversations happen at a high owner level and people lower level at the teams maybe don't get that information filtered down. This is how Rumors like this spread, 
Um, but I can assure you I'd be very shocked if the league just, like, chalked it up in December before asking teams, hey, do any one of you guys want to run this? I'll tell you the reason why, which is for the league. If a team wants to run it, it's a cost-share burden that's split between two entities, and it gives the league money in their operating budget to do something else instead of taking what I assume is the full burden here. So from, like, an executional standpoint, that would be, like, the smartest option A. And if they couldn't do that, option B is, like, running it themselves. You know, I just think it's underrated how hard it is to get these things to actually, like, get up and running with, like, a snap of a finger with how quickly, like, they had to do this shit. So, like, I'm not really going to be too harsh on getting a, a, at least a land. Again, we could be online with this one, and, like, that would still be, like, kind of tough. But, I don't know. At least the players get to play on a fair playing field. It is what yep. it is. Like, and, um, yeah. and the flank will actually be at Major 4, from what I've been told. So, I'm working on that this week oh, to get more That's information cool. on that. So, uh, we can move on. That yep. was fun conversation let's talk about some other teams so i think for a lot of these episodes chat especially for the major qualifiers i think we'll always start with people that played well first i don't think we should tip people first before we start you know being critical on teams again mm -hmm. this is a weird week where i don't think anyone outside of you guys really went two and no there's one other team that did and i think we should discuss them first and that is the toronto ultra they had a clean weekend, six maps in, six maps out for the squad, and they actually beat some good teams as well. It's not like they just beat on, you know, bottom teams in the league. Mm. Uh, they beat uh, Optic and they beat Minnesota Rockers. So really typical moves out of them. And Chris, there's a tweet if you want to pull it up as it well up. Yeah. on the outline. Um, you know, this is obviously a team that made a roster change last week after they lost. They benched Stanley. They brought in Kleenex. And I know on this tweet, the sample size as we're showing on screen, is quite small. It's basically a before and after uh, of uh, Kleenex's stats before Hixie, after Hixie. So before Hixie, he was averaging like a 0.95. Um, and then after, uh, and this is again, sample size of like three series. He's like at a one, was at 117 overall, 1.15 in hard, 0.123 in search, 1.18 in control. So it seems like, um, at least in this honeymoon period, if you want to call that, they seem to be flowing, and they've gotten the best out of Kleenex. So I'm curious if you watch the Toronto series this weekend, Chris. Like, what were your thoughts watching them play? Do you think they've massively improved, or do you think this is just sort of new team stuff? Um, really quick, did you say they played Rocker? Yeah, they played Rocker this weekend. Wait, Toronto did? Faded. Am I faded? I might be faded. I could have swore. No, wait. they didn't. No, wait, wait, I'm faded. I'm faded. Yeah, faded. you're faded. Okay, faded. yeah, okay. They didn't. Yeah, they played. They Ultra played. Uh, they played New York. Right? No, they only, oh wow, I think I might actually be fit. I think they only played one match this week. How oh, how did I screw this up? Yeah, wait. Yeah. Okay, they went one to no this week. Man, I'm so faded, bro. Oh my god. I'm wait. so it's my bad. Wait, no, they played Friday and Saturday. Didn't they play Optic and then New York? Am I am I am I insane? Ben, are you wait, did, they played this, Optic? I'm I'm going to the schedule. Now now you're tripping me. Uh, now I'm I'm confused. No, on bro. Friday, February twenty fourth, they three owed Optic and then they three owed New York on Saturday. Okay. Yeah. So I'm not faded. <laughs> You said what Rocker. Did he say Rocker? Oh, I, no, no. Okay, so I see. Okay, so they did play two. Okay. Okay, so they did yeah, play they played two. They played New York. Okay, so they beat Optic in New York. My bad. The okay, was okay, my bad. No, you're but, good. That's actually even better for them because I think no, Rocker's right. struggling and we'll get okay. to that. But Sorry, that's but, why uh, I was confused. You got me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're good. We're good. Yeah, yeah, Back but, on track. But, okay. <laughs> I, think I, I think to the point of someone in the chat, I think uh, some of my IQ points went out the... Uh, the window and my uh, hair got shaved uh but yeah no they they had a dominant win against uh optic and a, and a pretty clean one against new york i think the new york series was a little bit closer i think the snd went 
deep. I think Control went to a game five, and the hard point was actually pretty exciting in that one, if I remember. But the Optic series outside of, I think, a Fortress Search that went to round 11 was not that close. So, yeah, same question, Chris. Like, do you think there's a honeymoon thing with them uh, riding off these three series? Do you think them going, like, no, nine and one in map count might be a sign that maybe this Hixie change might bring out the best in their system right now? Well, I was going to say, I, I think no matter what, with this is like not in a disrespectful way. It's always like a honeymoon thing is always usually going to happen just because at the end of the day, when you make a roster change, usually the other players on the team that weren't changed are usually like really like stoked to play with a new player. If it's a positive change with these, I'm assuming these guys chose it. So like they're probably stoked about it. They obviously want to prove people wrong if people are doubting that this is a good change. So they're going to have like a chip on their shoulder type thing. So like I think they're all like in that sense, it's always going to be a honeymoon. But with that being said, like, I still think Toronto was a really good team before and even after this, like I think they're fine. So I, I don't think this is like a honeymoon stage in the sense like where like it's just gonna be a massive drop off. I think they're just a good team. I think a big thing for them, what we were kinda like implying before is like some roster changes, even if they don't always fully like, you know, make sense to certain people or whatever it is, like if they have Kleenex, I know this is a small sample size, but if Kleenex feels way more comfortable and he's performing with his, with the way Kleenex plays at his pace, if he's performing like this, like more consistently, maybe not at this level, but like just still a little bit better, that's going to be a scary team to deal with. You know what I mean? Like the way he plays. So I think like it's definitely like a slight honeymoon thing, but I don't think it in that way. I think like, again, they, they're just a good team. And if they're all feeling confident with the skill level of the other three players, I think outside of Hicksy just being good and stuff too, you know, like whatever, 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 whatever he is providing for the team. Like, I think it could just overall help them. We'll see, though. We'll see, obviously, how it continues to be on. I think Toronto's still going to be a good team regardless. So, yeah. I, I think the more, if, if they are more comfortable and that's, like, what they made this change for, then it would be really smart. And if they're all playing well. So, I think, uh, I, you know, we'll kind of see. I, I think they're good, though. I, I think they look pretty good. I think they're uh, they're a team, again, where their respawns are clean when they're all playing pretty well if Kleenex is playing like this I, I think Kleenex plays at a really crazy pace so when he's playing really good they're a very hard team to beat so I will we'll we'll have to see I guess to really kind of answer that question but I do think just in general this team will be good regardless even if like the honeymoon's like a slight like you know a slight curve down I don't think it's going to be like a massive drop off I think this Toronto team will still be pretty good no matter what yeah I mean they're they're have one of the weirder map pools because mm -hmm. It's not that narrow, but a lot of teams square up with them on a hotel because they there are a bunch of teams in this league that hate playing Mercado, like hate playing Mercado Search. Understand it's kind of a gimmicky map. Yeah, that map's uh, tough. And I understand why teams maybe don't like to play Mercado Harpoon because it's not a strength to their system. So like, and then people obviously like to get rid of Fortress in series. So they always play. They have played hotel across all game modes, Chris, mm -hmm. thirty three times this season. Jesus, thirty three times. Yeah, that's yeah. So they played fifteen yeah, hard point. I'm looking at it. Six in S and D and twelve in control. So like yeah. they squared up on that map a lot. I think you guys in particular have played them a bunch, but I think you guys have a winning record against them on a hotel. A lot of teams though don't. Yeah, they're so their a good map pool, team on that. Yeah. The map pool is very interesting. I think the other thing too with Toronto prior to this change was yes, they were a great respawn team, but the search was pretty hit or miss outside of Mercado. Like they were Mercado stars. To an extent, I think they've gotten a little bit better in search on the squad. It's been a small sample size, but the three SNDs they played, I know they lost to Vegas, I think, in one of them, uh, but it was around 11 on a CeeLo. I think they look a little bit better in that game. And that to me, I think, um, as good as they look in hardpoint, they were good in hardpoint with their old team before they went on a little bit of that slump. 
uh, the S&D looks improved, and that's going to make them very dangerous, I think, going in this major. If they're able to execute in that game mode, especially when we get to land and we had some gritty game fives, if they're able to to win those, I think this is a team that a lot of people thought was overrated. They made a change, and maybe they're out of that box now. People said, um, people thought they were overrated? Really? Oh, there are there are a lot. People, is that a thing? Well, we, were doing, we did a lot of flank episodes. I saw a lot of social media stuff of, like, after they had that bad Saturday at Major 2, people were like, is this team for real? Or is this team, like, just a team that's just going to kind of fold in key moments? Mm-hmm. Um, and then they obviously started off the Major by playing really poorly prior to that change with Standy. And then people yeah, kind of carried that. that. Rough match, yeah. Yeah, they, got, they did not play well against Boston. And so I think, uh, you know, I think with the change now, again, we'll see if this is a honeymoon thing. And when they pull up to Major 3, some of the other issues start to surface. But, like, uh, I'm curious because they're going to get a top seed this event. They're 3-1 and right now. Mm-hmm. They're going to be they're gonna get probably a top 4, top 5 seed. Uh, curious to see if they can make – I think this team is capable of making a top 3, a top 4 at Major um, I know there's a lot of other competitive teams in the league, like in New York, like you guys, Steve, yeah. Optic, et cetera, but I don't they think Toronto's overrated. Yeah. yeah, no, I mean, I was going to say, the way I view it is just like, I, I think if you have, like, you know, if you have it in you where, like, you know, obviously you're showing such, like, signs of greatness, you're doing really well, a lot of, you know, your practice is going well and stuff, like, it just comes down to executing in the moment, and eventually, if it's, like, a consistent theme where, like, you're just not getting it done, you know, there's other things to look at, but I, I feel like it's still pretty early in the season. Like I, I definitely think they played pretty fucking bad at uh that Toronto like uh, the Saturday. That like one Saturday where they like lost us in the next year. I think they got three oh three oh'd right. I'm not mistaken. Right? They got three oh'd by us yeah, and three oh'd they, yeah. they went a single map, yeah. But like I don't think they're again like I think that was just an actual like really bad day on top of stuff and they were probably like not meshing well. But and then they continued that kind of streak with Sandy. They played bad on that first online match. I think there was probably some turmoil behind the scenes of what it seemed, and then they made this change, and now they're all playing good. So, like, yeah, I don't think they're overrated by any means, though. I don't know. I, I, I think it's still a little early to start saying overrated. You know what I mean? I, I don't know. It's kind of... I, I, I think that's a little crazy. But, well, but again, yeah. I, I understand where people are coming from with that, but I, I think people are also really overreactive sometimes with some of that shit. Like, so we'll see. I, I still have a lot of faith in them as being a pretty good team, to be honest with you. I, I, yeah. I think they have a lot like yeah I, I wouldn't I wouldn't hate on them right away I know people love to do that they weren't overrated they sucked be like that's just the most ridiculous statement of all time I'm not gonna sit here and argue right like, now because yeah but like to yeah. sit there and say they sucked is just wild like they they had a they had a bad Saturday clearly there's some shit going on behind the scenes with Sandy they weren't getting along or whatever and then that to say they sucked is 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 something that's like that's like also saying that never mind we're not gonna go too far that we'll talk about that maybe after with the questions we can talk about that the questions but that and the only other thing i'll say is someone said that like one man roster changes don't always make the change like you like don't really make things shift i also disagree with that like every roster change is super like i've been around the scene for a very long time i've seen one one man roster changes absolutely ruin teams i've seen it absolutely save teams and i've seen it absolutely do nothing it like a roster change when you're all sitting here speculating, including us from outside looking in on a camp, like what that roster change affects is all how it affects like the team. It's not always just a one man change. That one man change can be everything. I mean, our hundred thieves team was a one man change. Obviously I guess. And a coach when I like went Your to Atlanta Thieves. face team right now was a one man change. Yeah. But I think our last year's run was like, I, I, again, I think it was impressive that we got second place with how bad we were and so my, from my standpoint, like we had really, you know, we did, we did, we never looked that good in my opinion, but, uh, like, 
in general, like one man changes can affect the other three players so much to the point where like they can be very effective. Like when you did a one man change, like with, with again in the five V five and black ops four, like Priesta brought that team to life. Like just, and then again, like that, when you have that change that brings other people like the best at other people, or, you know, like it gets that fire in other people. Sometimes it's not fair to the person that got dropped. You know, sometimes people get dropped and then all of a sudden people start trying harder. And it's just like, well, why couldn't you try when I was on your team type thing? Like there's so much that goes yeah. into it, but they can definitely be helpful. They could also be horrible too. It just all depends on what the change is and what's actually happening behind the scenes for the camp. There are dumb changes and there are smart changes hundred percent, but yeah, I feel like when people speculate, I, it's like so tough to see sometimes where like people just speculate shit and just like say it and it's like not always true. Like there are going to be some times where you do need a two man change and that's true. Like it just all, it's all, I guess, individual to that scenario. There's not like one recipe for success and I feel like people just act like that. So it, I don't know. But yeah, I don't think this team's overrated back on top topic. I don't think this team's overrated. I don't think they were. I don't think they sucked. <laughs> I just think again, like they, you know, they'd had to, you know, kind of execute when it matters and it's still an early season. It's a long season. I don't think there's a reason to panic and blow up. I don't think they did that. And again, I have a lot of faith in this team being a really good team still. Like I still yeah, think they're I dangerous. Mean, I mean, they're going to host major five. So I think the, them peaking at that event would be key in front of their home fans. So wish that mm. team the best of luck except for Scrappy. Cause F that guy. No, I'm saying that jokingly. It's just funny that we're <laughs> them. No, no. Uh, uh, we can, we can move yeah. on. Uh, let's, um, so there's a bunch of teams that went one on one. Let's talk about some teams that, uh, went zero and two. Um, okay. and, uh, we're going to start, unfortunately with the Minnesota rocker, uh, All right, I'll pull it up. you know, they, they had a tough one at the beginning of this major, obviously played really good at major two, but they've been on a mega slump, uh, as of late, uh, not, uh, really the best of weeks for them. Um, and uh, Brian Saint actually did an interview. Um, you know, the Rocker posts like post game interviews uh, mm. all the time on their channel. I actually thought that this Brian Saint one is pretty enlightening. And Chris, I don't think you've seen it yet, so I haven't. I would love your reaction in real time, like after it, because I think you're <laughs> gonna have some things to say. Sweet. All right, let's watch this shit. Let me pull this up. Bang. I'm gonna have some things to say now. I'm like, uh, oh yeah, I'm a, little, I'm a little nervous, bro. So this is their interview. This is after they went 0 two. Yes, yeah, this is after the optic loss. Okay. Senior coach in Minnesota Rocker. Uh, I mean, everything went wrong today, to be fair. I mean, we, uh, the only thing that kind of went right was the first four rounds of uh, map four, but we have a lot of issues with the team right now uh, that we're trying to work through. I think when we got back from the major, a lot with us changed. I think people, everyone got like really comfortable with their lives outside the game, and I think we kind of lost what it means to be a team. And I think today was the wake of call that we most definitely needed. Thought, thought it would have been last week, but I think this week is the one that finally pushed it over the edge. Teams go through uh, situations like this, great teams get over them and show what they can do. I mean, Seattle's done it this year and they've done it last year. LAT's done the same thing where they've gone like 0-5 in a stage and they came out and you know won a tournament later. Great teams are gonna be able to get through situations like this. They're gonna fold and crumble. I think we just need to give 110% effort levels in practice. I mean, we've had, outside of the hard point today, our hard points have been relatively decent this stage, but I think it all stems from how much effort we give in practice, and it translates over, like, once we lose a close hard point, we kind of mentally check out going to S&D, and I think we just need to be honest with each other and go as hard as we can every single day in practice, because we know what we want to do in situations, but when it comes to a match, the comms shut down a little bit, and we kind of just lose our train of thought, and we lose our flow in the game. 
Uh, I mean, the goal is to do whatever we can to start winners. I think if we go 6-0 in map count, it will put us in a decent enough spot to actually get there. But that's like, you can't prepare for that. Like, we are expected to go into losers going into this major, and all we can do is put in every ounce of effort we have going into this next week, hopefully go 2-0 there, build up some momentum, and even if we're starting in losers, just kind of firing at the major. That's it, right? Yep. So I want to know your thoughts. Want to know your thoughts on what Brian said? Well, I heard it correctly. He said like, "Oh shit, sorry, I just flashbang myself." Um, he talked it like. It seemed like he was implying that like got home from this major, and sometimes when you get home from a major, obviously it's a stressful environment. You want to take a couple of days off to like you know reset yourself and live your life outside of just, you know, 100%, 12, 12 hours a day grinding and stuff. I understand that. But, like, at least, like, what I was listening to, it sounded like he was, like, saying, like, you know, they kind of got away from the grind a little bit. They were more focused on, like, their own lives uh, instead of, like, what it, what it means to be a team. I'm assuming they had a pretty good culture going in and, like, you know, whatever, and they, they were, like, more of a team, and, like, now, like, they were kind of individual. They weren't talk practicing together, talking together, whatever it was. And then, like... The thing that bothered me the most, though, I guess, about this, and, like, this is a pet peeve of mine in general, as a coach, as a player, like, why, how, like, the effort levels in practice and stuff, like, I now, I don't know if this is true. Of course, he's their head coach, and he's saying that, um, you know, I've even, like, come at my team before, like, behind the scenes and said, like, yo, could we start, like, trying a little bit fucking harder right now? You know what I mean? Like, I've been, I've been, like, annoying in scrims, too, and they're like, no, we're going hard, like, we're just, you know, having a bad day. Like, there's obviously, like, you can interpret things differently, even as a coach, like, but why the effort levels thing like has never made sense to me in the sense of like unless you have won like four fucking tournaments straight like you know what i mean like i, I don't know I, yeah. I i hate to hear that like i hope that's not as true as it sounded but like yeah like you know it's not like they they won the event and like all of a sudden it's time to slack off type thing it's like i feel like you you never have the excuse like this sounds like so like cliche but like you never really have the excuse to like slack off in practice and even even when you win like you know we talked about it when we won our major two it's like we won and like i thought we won but it, didn't, it needed to be a lot cleaner like we had so much shit to work on and we still do we still do and it's like with them it's like yeah like to get third place and then like to have like effort levels and practice go wrong like that's concerning yeah like of course i, I hope again like what he said it, it like the wake-up call is the wake-up call that is definitely uh that is definitely concerning but at the same time like i hope he's right with that and like maybe it's something where like it is right and like there was a wake-up call and it needed to be said that's also something too where it's like if that's not as correct too as a player like that could piss someone off too so but but maybe that's what like what's needed to happen again like i don't know what's actually happening with them but yeah it was definitely something uh interesting to call basically call out the players in the sense of practice levels like you know not going as hard but if that is true at the same time, like, yeah, I, I hate to fucking hear that. I don't know. What did you think of it? Like, I just, I, I hate that mentality. It's like, unless you are winning everything, I can see how you slack off. But like to get third place and then slack off, that doesn't make any sense. Like, I, I don't see that. I don't know. Here's my, here's my issue with it, Chris. What? If this was like Boston Breach, where those players haven't been pros for like a super long time. I personally think this is unacceptable, but like. I could understand it more if it's Boston. It's very disappointing a team like Minnesota Rocker. Dylan's been a pro for a really long time. Dylan Attach. Vance has been a pro for a really long time. He's been around since the pre-CDL era. Camby's been around since the beginning of the CDL. Afro's been around for a couple of years. It's disappointing for this team 
but the amount of veteran presence they have, people to understand that you have to manage this marathon from start to finish over the course of the year so you play good at champs. For them to kind of come back from a major where they didn't win, by the way, like they got a good placing, but like they didn't win and not have any hunger to try and improve that placing and get complacent and now likely will start in loser's bracket. There's a very good chance, you know, you have to play that Friday match, um, you know, with no no prior Thursday match that other teams coming in with a little bit more experience and you might get dead last this tournament. Like, I just, I don't understand why it takes three games in this major cycle for people to hit rock bottom on that. Um, and I agree with you. It's it's definitely interesting that Brian uh, Saint called him out. You know, I've watched a lot of these post-game interviews and again, shout out to Rocker because they kind of started the post-game meta in the CDL. Mm -hmm. Like they were the first one to start doing these videos and they've been very consistent about either getting Looney on or where the player's on or Brian on. And I think it's great content both for uh, the community, but also I think it gives people transparency, which I, I love. Uh, but Brian's normally, oh, you know, he, he plays the game as coaches do. Uh, but I thought this was a very surprising kind of pullback the curtain of, yeah, our practice sucked and the players know they didn't turn around. Um, and so uh, I think that for Rocker, if they play really poorly at this event, um, I don't, I just, I don't know what they do, man. Like they, this is a CDL now where it is a very competitive top eight, extremely competitive top eight. If you play like rocker do you, you can be a good team and you can't outscare your way to get two series on win dubs and back in the top eight. Like you might get dead last because you played poorly online. you got a poor seed and you're not going to be coming in with a lot of fire going to the major. So hopefully they can turn it around, but this is more inconsistency from Rocker and a team I thought really turned around prior to Major 2, played great that event. It's really disappointing to see they came home and didn't build on that at all. Yeah, I mean, that, that's what I was just... I think the highlight of that is, like, I also feel like if he's addressing that publicly, I'm assuming it, he had to really feel like... That'd be bad. Someone, yeah. needed, someone needed to kick in the ass, yeah. I'm assuming. Uh, again, I'm assuming... If he's if he's willing to go out there and say like, you know, we need to fucking practice harder in scrims, then like, some someone needed to be kicked in the fucking ass. I just uh, that's how I that's how I view that. When I see that interview, that's what it is. Some, someone was clearly like being a dickhead and needs to get like focused up. Uh, but outside of that, like yeah, no, I I hate that in like anything and like not even just for live players, just in anything. Like I feel it is so easy to lose sight of like. The grind and like getting better and, and granted you can't go 110 percent for seven months straight like every once in a while you're gonna have to like you know go up and down with it but to like like practice levels wise and stuff like to like get to a point where like you feel like you need to be almost like called out publicly in a sense like for that is kind of like iffy so I, I don't know it's a a weird one because i yeah it's it's easy to lose sight in like effort levels and stuff like that and you can feel like you did really really good and then like maybe you want to chill but it's like yeah like I literally feel like unless like you win everything and even if you win everything, you can win three events in a row. If you don't win the next one, who the fuck cares? You know what yeah. I mean? Obviously champs is a little different because like, you end the year on that one. So obviously you want to, that's like the nicest one to win because you end the year and the year's over. But like, yeah, man, like you could, you could win everything. And then if you don't win the next one, like it's over, it's history. And like, you know, it's not present anymore. Like next event doesn't matter. Like you lose at the next event. Yeah. You could be like, Oh, I won this major and that major. But like, Ooh, you didn't win the one that won the most recent. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like the competition is like, 
you're really only as good as your last placing type deal. Like, I feel like you have to kind of try and keep that attitude as much as you can. So yeah, like to hear that it's a lack of effort is like weird, especially with that team though. Cause like what you said, I, that's not like a young team either. And I, to, I feel like Dylan's worked pretty fucking hard from when I talked to him outside of stuff. Like, I don't know if it's him or not, but yeah, I, I don't know. That's a weird one. That's definitely a weird one for sure. In the, in that sense, if that's actually the case, like, I don't know what happened or what's going on with like every player's life and stuff. So like maybe there's other shit, but yeah, that's a, that's a, a, definitely a interesting interview for sure. So who knows? We'll we'll have to see, but I I hope that's not as true as he made it out to see. Cause that's just weird. I feel like even after we won the event, I feel like we needed to work on so much shit. You know what I mean? So I feel like to do that after getting third doesn't make any sense. Like that, that, that attitude doesn't make sense. So I feel like there's something missing there, but I'm not sure. Well, well, I think we'll move on. Rocker, uh, again, they have still a chance to make winners. They play Vegas and they play Thieves, but Vegas is much improved, I think, as a squad. And uh, obviously, Thieves are a tough out. And so, likely, Rocker will get bottom four seed for this major, but we will see what happens. We record the next episode. I wanted to move on to another team that went 0-2. And this one was actually... I don't know what to think of this one. So, it was, it was Los Angeles Gorillas. Um, they got 3-0 by Boston. wasn't really that close. I think Boston outclassed them. Then they played a series yesterday, which I guess we could say was one of the best series of the year. I don't think if the quality of Call of Duty was all that good, mm-hmm. um, but it did go, did go to a game five, round 11, uh, 1v1, uh, which London was able to win. So LG lost to game five. They're now 0-2 this week. Uh, actually, I believe... 0-3 in the uh, the major right now. So uh, also likely going to start in losers. My first question for you, because do you think beyond maybe potentially this team kind of coming back down to earth, do you think some of the distractions of what's going on at the guard with all the layoffs, with the org basically being down to a skeleton team now, do you think all of that uncertainty, there, there's the uncertainty around the players' features is maybe playing into their poor performance right now? No. I mean, uh, I definitely, uh, don't get me wrong, but that's obviously probably a shitty situation for sure. But right now, like, if the players are guaranteed to play to the end of the year, and then, like, of course, the future after that is definitely kind of yeah. kind yeah, kind of weird. But, like, I don't see how that would distract you too much just because, like, right now they're secured to the end of the year. They're going to get paid until the end of the year. And if you use that scenario in the sense where it's like you should now try to do your say like technically like the future is a little weird with that organization as a player you should be doing everything in your fucking power to play your best fucking call of duty of your life right now and as a team obviously not just individually but a little bit of both like become the best player in both ways so like when that future that gets weird happens you control it like the you can't control obviously what's about to happen most likely but yeah. if you have the uh, if you if you absolutely fucking kill it next year like that at the end of this year and then you like go into like a weird market that's about to fucking happen potentially like i feel like that situation should almost like focus it up even more you know what i mean it definitely sucks like it, I'll, I'll say it's it's a weird situation to be in as a player but i i think if like they're 100% secure like they're not going to get fired because they have to finish the year and stuff like they're going to get paid like i don't really think that should hurt them too much in that scenario you know what i mean like i feel like if you were more of like a manager it's a little bit more like oh shit like you know i don't know what the fuck's about to happen but as a player i feel like right now they just have to like focus on all of that and then you have to like double down with it like i do think like 
if that is the scenario, the focus should be like, I'm about to be the best version of myself for the next couple months because if I could do that, you can solidify yourself in the league. Especially because they are they're a weird team. Assault's not a young player. But like yeah. the other two like are in a scenario right now where they're, they're still rather new. I know Exceed's like been in, in and out and he's been like around a little bit, but like, yeah, like this is the time to like do it. You know what I mean? Like to like, dude, like if, if the future is weird, like you can really solidify yourself and get picked up next year. You know what I mean? If things aren't going to do that. And, but like that team just seems like weird. You know what I mean? That team just, that team doesn't seem like they really want to be together right now. And I think that's hurting them as well. Uh, I think a lot of that stuff is just like, causing just a lot of frustration you know like they're not playing that well it doesn't seem like yeah. they're like that team as well like we're like you know they're like a team where we're gonna get kind of through this together right now it seems like they're pretty split like i, I don't know I, I don't think that's a distraction like i don't i wouldn't say that's like the, if anything that's more of an excuse to go harder in my opinion i think that should they, be more they, yeah i don't know before all this drama i mean they've been on actually on a slide for a minute now the reason i asked that question I was curious your take on, on all that stuff and sort of how it affects that. But mm. my personal opinion is, like, I also think they just came back down to earth. Like, they had a really good start to the major two qualifiers. And then since they lost to you guys, they've lost, including that series, they've lost seven of their last eight series. Um, the only yeah. win that stretch being against Vegas at the major and loses round one. So um, I, I just think they're, they don't, they, they don't look like they're on the same page right now. Um they're really struggling. They they were a great hardpoint team. They are now over, uh, over five in hardpoint in stage three. So the one game mode that seemed like was sort of their bread and butter, they're not there anymore. The S and D actually hasn't been all too bad, and it needs some of the control. But the hardpoint has fell off a cliff. And obviously, watching them play club search maps is really tricky. I think individually, they've got to probably make a decision about this roster and the, the complication is can they well, even make a decision? that's what i was like, about to say like yeah. can they can they like, make they a decision do? right now like i don't know uh, like that's the thing is like this team clearly might need a change like i think probably replacing one of the ar players you probably should keep the sub duo and kind of let them develop over the course of the season i don't think bringing in other challenger sub players is really going to improve progression in that area i think it's just a what do you want to do with alec and assault situation um, which is a real tough one to decide, but I, yeah, like, can they even, are they even capable of buying out a challengers player from a challengers org? Like, can they buy out a CDL player? I don't think anyone knows what resources are available to them, considering that they've laid everybody off, that they put out to the media, that they want to sell the spots and potentially close down the team. Like, I, I don't know what is available to who's left there to do something about this team that I think is likely yeah. On the verge of a roster change. I was going to say, I, I don't think, at least from everything we've seen with what you just said, like, yeah, I don't think they're going to go buy a player right now or, like, figure it out and, like, try and, like, that's the one thing that will suck about this roster is, like, again, like, they're probably going to be a weird spot where, like, they're not, like, in a spot to make changes. And it's, like, kind of weird because they just went, they just went with, like, an organization that had a bunch of money, you know, spends a lot of money that gets, like, these players and stuff to, like, all of a sudden, like, complete flip-flop where, like, now it looks like they have, like, nothing for that. So it definitely makes, like, your mid-season adjustments a little bit tougher. But it's weird because you say, like, you know, they come back down to earth, which they did. They were playing pretty good at a, at a start. They looked pretty good for a little bit. Like, people had some eyes yeah. on them. Like, it's, it's just weird because I guess, like, the coach and me and even, like, the player, like, they were at that level at one point. Obviously it's very hard to keep a level like that consistent. And that's what great, that's what makes great teams. Great is doing it consistently. Yeah. Right. But like, if you can hit a decent level like that, 
the way I view it is like, obviously you can hit it. You've been there, but then so much other stuff settles in that like hurts your team. And again, like there's so much other bullshit that like goes into that. So it's like, I, I, I don't know. I, I feel like their team has to be like so much more of just like outside of like, obviously just not playing well and like doing that. Like, I feel like it's like so much has gone wrong since they're like, it looks like the losses affected them a lot. You know what I mean? It looks like when yeah. they started to lose, it started to like affect them and like it continued to like kind of trickle down and down to like, you know, worse and worse type thing. So like, I think they just kind of need to snap the fuck out of it. I don't know if they're going, like, again, I don't know if they're going to, uh, I don't know, but like someone, someone in like a scenario like that needs to step the fuck up and like bring everyone in and be like, you know, even like what we were just saying, like maybe, maybe there is no choice of a change because the organization's not going to support you anymore. You're in it together. You know, you got to figure it the fuck out. So like, I, I don't know. It definitely sucks, but. I, yep. I don't I wouldn't say like that was really an excuse with them and I think they just need to figure it the fuck out of like what's going on right now because they're just obviously not playing their best cod. Uh, we can bring up the if you want to bring it up in the outline like the last thing I didn't get to watch this last series as much. Uh, I heard a lot about it. I got a couple texts about like what the fuck is going on with the series. Like you said, like what the hell is happening in this match right now? So just I heard it was crazy. I didn't get to something. see this one yet specifically, but yeah, it was pretty fucking wild from what I was told. So well, we're, I mean, do you want me to bring I'll, up? I mean, we can skip to like the last, skip to like yeah, the five okay. four. Right, I mean, because I'll just we'll just let it play out till we get to round eleven, which is like, I mean, this is just a wild, wild, wild series. It's like, both teams are super undisciplined, a hard point, a lot of breaks. Map one, London kind of pulled away on the back end of that. Mm -hmm. The S and D Mercado was uh, uh, crazy clutches. There's a one v four in the Mercado, uh, uh, Mercado map two. The control went to a round five, which L. Um, which London closed out. By the way, in this series, uh, Asim was super sick in this series. Uh, all throughout sick. the series, he was yeah, he was sick. He was like constantly tapping his head with like a cold water bottle and like a towel. And he tweeted yeah. after that he was sick. Like he wasn't shooting all that great in this series. I'll be honest. Oh, he was, he was playing like shit. Smoked. Yeah, yeah, he was getting smoked. But Paul and Scrap uh, and Nasty had a really good series, so I think it really kind of helped mm -hmm. um, them quite a bit. But yeah, if you want to play yeah. and kind of skip. Yeah, we'll skip, skip through. We can part. kind of watch through some of these rounds. Um, map four is also really close to Mercado Hardpoint. And then we got to this map, which was just like, bro, this clutch. Okay. Listen, listen. You need to watch this clutch from the beginning because I think Wait, I think you're going to. From back five up. four? Back up? Okay. Yeah, back, back up to round eight because I think you might right, actually lose composure. Paul was making plays, but this is un this play was unacceptable from LAG. And I think this is. This the lack of discipline they have sometimes. If you can back up towards like the middle of this round, there yeah. is. I don't know how Paul clutches this, and nor should he be able okay. to clutch this round. All right, let's watch this shit. So let's see. So you're saying Paul clutches this round. So what yeah. happens? They end up at B. I know that. So Assault gets one. They just, they just left the left lane wide open, and Assault took it. All right. Yeah. So LAG loses this round. LAG loses this round. Huh. So they, they, com they commit to the B hit. So they get full Obviously, left side control. They commit to be hit. Exceed snipes Paul, that guy. So they Paul loot. backs up, and they completely okay. like okay, okay. Hit pause. Hit pause. Wait, wait. Like, wasn't he just called out? Yeah. So Hold that's up. what I was about to say. Did okay. I... Like I'm not a pro. Obviously, people have seen my gameplay. You know, not a pro level gameplay. But here's the thing, though. Like, especially in search. One second. Sorry. I want to back this up one more time. So, yes. So number four. Uh, yeah, they shoot at each other. Okay. So he calls him out. Goes left side. Matter. I just want to make sure I'm not fucking crazy. All right. If you're the guy back truck. And you have someone called out back alley. How are you not? I know this. You could get pushed from window and like fit the other other directions. 
But there's an obvious guy sitting here that's going to make it very hard for you to cross this, this bomb plant. H how is Exceed not looking for this guy back truck somewhere? I, I, don't, I don't understand if he was called out. Like, how is Paul able to just sit here and get it? Like, not, like I get it if Exceed also, like, loses the gunfight because he's got a sniper, to be fair. No, he got, he, like, got, he got caught slipping, though. He wasn't looking yeah. at him. He got caught slipping. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, I, I understand it, but it's like, he needs to listen to call-outs. And then Paul is then able to cross here because I don't know what Alex watching in a situation. He's watching like a super deep pinch. And now all of a sudden this, what should be a very winnable round is unwinnable to an extent because the bombs down the site because Joe died. None of his teammates are nearby. Are we sure Alec called them out? It wasn't. Uh, so, so Alec Someone got, did. okay. Alec got through to the left. Sorry. I thought this was assault. I don't know why I'm, I'm tripping. Alec got through to the left. Are we sure Alec called them out? I'm gonna I'm gonna put 99.9% that Alex said he's back left mound or back left truck because he shot at him. So I'm assuming I I I I would be very surprised if Alex didn't call him out. So I'm gonna go with he called him out. I don't. So he called him out, and then Assault is watching the deep pinch, which isn't a terrible play, by the way, because like they 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 did run through full A. So like the only thing that the only thing that they can realistically do right here from the A bomb is either push through and flank, which they're watching for, or wrap back to these middle windows. Like technically yeah. speaking, like it's not a horrible play. Alex should realis realistically have like their top party and their top white tent from like where he is. So like assault's not making a bad play watching that pinch. It's a four v two, but it's a four v two with this guy called out. Yeah, exceed got caught slipping to the max. Where like maybe he thought he was like back left truck. Like maybe he said like back left orange truck or whatever. But like yeah, no, like I feel I feel like you got to take the risk of like yeah, not letting this guy do what he does. And then Alex so far out of the play that this guy just crosses into the point. Yeah, dude, that was, that's rough. I mean, you can watch the rest of this play out. That so had to be a like... miscommunication for sure, but like, damn. So then what happens after this though? They got two ARs, assault, and yeah, this is not a... Well, they have, they have See, no idea what Maddie is, I think, too. They don't, so they don't, but like, it's also just like, Alec is nowhere near assault for the challenge again like this is also shit communication again no like i i agree like yeah uh, it just like this just looked like hard, this just looked like awful communication to be honest with you and and in, in, in every aspect like it, it looked like a miscom on the back left truck then it looked like even at the end right there a miscom like assault like i know i know like time's winding down like like obviously it's a 2v2 time's winding down but like at this point you have to, like, 18 seconds left, like, you gotta challenge something together. You gotta challenge something together. And again, like, either Assault needs to wait and, like, wait for Alec if Alec, or Alex needs to say, wait for me, or Assault needs to, like, again, like, they just need to speak to each other. Yeah. And it just looks like neither of them do. Or, again, someone just blatantly didn't fucking listen. I'm not too sure, because, again, I don't have their comms. But, like, yeah, like, this chow is also, like, this is criminal. This, this POV is criminal. Just because, again, like, it's a 2v2... The one thing you need to do is get that bomb down, and the only way you're going to do it is by killing the guy that you know for a fact is inside that bomb. So, like, I know they don't know where the other guy is, but, like, you got to kind of go. I don't know. I feel like you have to, like, take the double chow and then go for it. But, I, I, I mean, that's just, like, from my, like, my perspective, I think that's the best way to do that. Obviously, it's so much easier looking, you know, tw like, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty type thing, but that just looks like a poor communication throughout the entire round, to be honest. Like maybe he thought he was like back left truck and yeah. not on the mound. Like I don't, I don't know. But that was just rough. 
Alec also got unlucky. Well, I wouldn't say he got unlucky at the end, but he, I was always—I actually was wondering going in this why he ran out this door with a knife. But I actually just saw that he had no bullets. No, in his he, gun. I mean he, yeah, so and saw, also he's just like, yeah. I think he's also just hoping to God that he catches this guy fucking slipping. Like you know what I mean? Like I don't, I don't know. Yeah, he's just praying. But at yeah, at no, that this... moment in time, Alec is not. In the, if if Alec clutches that, that is a W. Alec is not in the scenario to clutch. You know what I'm saying? Like that would have been luck. Yeah. Like if he clutched that, that would not have been like holy shit. Like Alec's not supposed to win that round at that moment. Like so I we can skip really to that. the. Okay. We skip to the round eleven. So London try and plant those bomb and and Whatever, it, it doesn't work. There. Okay, yeah. So, um, we get to the round eleven. Uh, I was watching some Austin. Austin's prediction. Austin's prediction was this is gonna end in a Austin 1v1 like slasher. He did slasher, predict this. Yeah. yeah, he did predict yeah, this. Yeah, he said it was gonna be a one v one. He said it was gonna be Alec versus Hasten, which is not how it played out. But let's watch this. I want if you haven't seen this full round, I want you to watch this play as London. Uh, s somehow clutch up this round. Their first round 11 win. I don't know how they've only gotten a one round 11 this year, but they ended up winning this one. Damn, it starts a, a weird I'll, I'll say that, dude. Break. Paul X is getting mixy in round 11, bro. He's got yeah, some balls, like, bro. Holy shit. I'm like, okay, dude. Like, he's got no one following him up there to go through the side door. So. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, that, that was a fucking ma maniac play. Who did Scraps just kill? Did he kill him top? Yeah. Yeah, he killed him top. I see he's picked that guy. And he gets traded, so now it's in a now it's a two v two. Oh, so I just wanted to back up and see. Okay, so he trade as she gets traded immediately. Yeah, so it's a three v two, not a two v two, three v two. Paul didn't get nervous. Respect. Yes and no. Like Paul also did make a fucking wild play that, like again, like yeah, I, I respect the play, but Jesus Christ. I yeah, mean, well, hey, he went for the gold, bro. I respect that. I guess, yeah. London go play here, which I like. I really love this play. And obviously, Assault's actually downstairs, not upstairs. Who's upstairs? This round probably would have been over. Asim somehow flies. Bro, Asim somehow Wait, flies yeah. in. I wanna, I'll yeah. Say. I don't know how Asim gets away with this play, though. Like, I was going to Well, the one thing I'll say about Asim, which is why I think he's so much better than people think. I know he's like obviously one of my good friends, and people say it's biased, but like, Asim makes winning plays like this. No, like he'll always take the chance to win the play. Like, dude, he's he's making the only play right now. Like that could win them the game. Like it's a three v two. He's got like here. He's like this is not like you need teamwork every single time and play your trades because you don't have your numbers. So like this guy, someone needs to make a play and just get fucking crazy. You know what I mean? And like, and he, he, like yeah, he doesn't get scared play, and he yeah. fucking does that shit, bro. Like that's what I mean. Like that's a, that's like a winning ass play right here, bro. Like so he jumps over. So he just jumps over and he's on the left side. Like, yeah, Saul can't see him. I don't think. So yeah, that I mean, bro, Asim just split the D. To be honest, like he just split the defense. Like this was this that's a crazy route. Like if you're LAG, the last thing you're expecting is Asim to fly down from your top. Like look at look at his seed. Assault's watching the lower. So like you know what I mean. Like they made the they one they, they made ranking. the one play. They made yeah, the one play that wasn't watched. Yeah. yeah. Like and then he gets the lower one. plat. The lower plat flank is pretty yeah. common here, but they read the top one. Yeah. So that was a good play, and then so that he gets a trade there. So Asim makes yeah. a really good play to open it up, and then this becomes a one v one. And now a one v one, like anything could happen. Is it anything crazy with this one v one or no? Hey, watch out! It's it's an interesting one. So assault stuck in kind of limbo. Yeah, they don't. I don't know, know why. He, yeah. I don't know why he he's also not made a play at this point. Nasty obviously trying to get something with dead silence. Oh. It runs out. Oh, he's going B. What the fuck? And then and then the stun hits, which I think was massive. The stun the stun might have won them this this map. Okay. Wait, well it did because it gave him it gave him the info. But bro, like nasty, bro again, like nasty went fucking. Bro, nasty stunned that shit. He 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 went for the fucking gold. Like he's not he wasn't even playing the win. He was just hoping that he read him right. Like he played like the big fucking read here, like hoping that he can fucking hear it because he doesn't have dead silence popped either. I don't think so. Like, yeah, bro. If assault just didn't move, he might have heard him too. Yeah, like it's nasty might have heard him for sure. Holy yeah. shit, nasty could have heard him running away type thing. Like damn.
That was a big play out of nasty. And then and then if people shoot the fences, which is like anything goes. Well, yeah, any, yeah. With the, no, with the no aim assist. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> Good luck. So just huh? just a just a crazy round eleven. London, obviously, also a team that's been struggling, but they, London needed that for sure. That London needed that after getting waxed by Boston, y'all. Um, so London's got two games left against Seattle and Toronto. Unfortunately for London, I don't know if they're going to win. Uh, either of those, um, so they may be one of your other loser bracket teams, along with LAG, who have to play out against Florida and Vegas. Um, so yeah, I mean, just put the pin on the LAG thing. I, I really don't know what they're going to do. Um, this is a really, really tough loss. Came down to one v one round round eleven game five. Um, a lot of sloppiness in a series, regardless of how they got there. I think if they want to improve, like they got to get it going, get some confidence and. Um, I don't know. I I don't see at least in this major. This might have to be a post major three conversation. Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't know. I I feel like LAG just needs to again, kind of like snap the fuck out of whatever they're in right now and figure it out because it doesn't look like, let alone like right now they're just like not a you know a team favorite to do really good. Just like you know they're a very young team. Yeah. They obviously have some veterans on their team, but they also have like younger players on their team and like. You know, like people were putting a question mark on them. It's like now it's like now more than ever, I guess, decides like in these moments in like your career, you know what I mean? Like these are big moments to like try and like overcome this. Like the one thing that Brian Saint said in that, in that interview that like I did like was, you know, great teams do get over shit like that. You know what I mean? Like LA Thieves had a horrible year last year when they went 0 and 5 and like they had that like really bad slump. People were telling them to blow it up. Everyone's saying they fucking suck. And then they like, obviously came back and won champs. Like, you can get over any. You can get over shit for the most part, and obviously that doesn't mean you're guaranteed to win champs. But like, you can get back to a better level and like, you know, be way more respectable. But it's, again, that's a hundred percent an attitude thing, and then not just like by one person, by everyone. Like, you have to like kind of come together collectively. It's a, it's, it's a hard fucking thing to do. It is a hard fucking thing to do. But like, it's not, it's, it's not, not impossible. You know what I mean? So it's like, yeah, I don't know. I uh. They got to figure that out because right now it doesn't look like they're a team as a team and it doesn't look like, you know, they're obviously playing to the point where like they're just going to be able to bully people without being a team. Like they, they got a lot of shit to figure out. So, I mean, I hope they do, but we'll, we'll kind of have to wait and see type thing. Cool. Well, uh, let's, let's get to sort of a lightning round of the next three teams. Then we'll right, let's do it. Uh, wrap it up. So a bunch of teams went one to one. We're not going to talk about every team in this episode chat. Cause this is, this is not really, there's a bunch of people that had like one game and I don't really think like New York, they lost one series the one week they got Oh, and three, like they'll rebound next week. Uh, if they don't, we'll talk about it. Let's start off with, um, optic. Mm. They had a funny one. So they played Toronto and got smoked. Then they played Minnesota and smoked them. They look like two different teams <laughs> in both series. Uh, I though want to listen to the listener, which I'd like to, if you want to pull that up, right, I want well. you to take a little, I'll listen, and then my question to you after listening to it is kind of what are your thoughts on how those comms are and, and Dan Ghosty's participation as they were flowing in the map. All right, let's pull it up. Let's see. Pull this up right here. Pull up the volume, and let's listen into Optic Gaming. Let's see. Be doing it all himself, Hoop, the absolute fry man. They got a more than 100-point lead. You might as well listen to their comms. Let's go to a listen in. I hear you. I hear you. Let's wait for tops. Let's wait for tops. I have almost an Aiden, right? Yeah, you can go right. I got one. Level one. Level one. You can hold for me. Get time for Aiden. I'm on. Okay, okay. Here's the Play for the guy up hold. Where's the flash? I got time. I have your double palm. I have your front double palm. I have top cat. I have your double palm, Tyler. 
Yeah, I hear one orange, I think. In red. I'm red, right, red. back, I'm back. Another one orange, 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 orange. Afro, Dying, he charged him. He went orange, he went orange. Yeah, he went orange. One's Xbox, one's Xbox. We're gonna have Topcat. Topcat can't be challenged P1. Top cat, really weak and left side of time. Left side of time, dead. Alright, we're gonna get Topcat weak. Topcat weak. Hey, let's get top control. I'm gonna go top with you, Brennan. Actually, I'm gonna shout out right now, I'm looking at Top AC, top AC, top AC. Top cat dead. Alright, top cat. One more top cat. One more top cat. P2? Yeah, P2. I'm looking at him. I'm looking at him. Watch out on time, guys. Absolute on time. Right, after. Watch out on time. One guy's flanking me, PD. One guy's behind me, PD. One's behind me, PD. I'm playing on you. We're missing one. We're Bants. He's gonna be flanking the back. I promise. I have the back. Yeah, I have yeah, the back. He's on you. That's why I do Bants. There's two on you. There's two on you. Hold the back. Hold the D back. There's two on you. He's in the back. Got truck. Got truck. Got truck. One guy push out milk. One guy push out milk. I have a tree. I stay alive. I'm gonna get the idea. Yeah. I was just listening. Um Yeah, I mean, I thought those comps were good. I thought I thought Ghosty's comps were really good. Yeah, that's. that's I don't know why. Why is Shotzi so muffled? Yeah, I don't know. That's why was his mic? I will say, is that a is that a listening thing or is that just just his mic? I feel like Shotzi uh, was like really muffled. I think they record direct in Teamspeak, so it's probably his mic in. Yeah, okay. In, yeah. In TS they probably hear because him yeah. I don't know if they play with D like this is a complication with some of these listenings is like they're all in other than Brandon because I think Brandon wasn't feeling well. Dash wasn't feeling well, so he played from home. All three of them might have been daisy chained and obviously daisy chain kind of messes stuff up so you never Maybe. know yeah well uh, apparently hook said is in an interview that it was just bad. his mic was ass sorry um, rj just walked in here i don't know why you try to talk to me in the podcast but uh uh yeah no like my, my biggest thing with that other than the then it's shitty mic excuse my language uh dan coming in no, my like directing yeah. traffic i don't know your thoughts on that i mean I, I don't think it, that's as crazy as people make it out to be. Like, bro, if you're a player in the league, like, of course, throughout the years, the more you become, like, a veteran, I'd say, I think the more you focus on it, for, for sure. Like, that's definitely a thing. But, like, there are also just people, again, I'm not super familiar with, like, Ghosty, like, throughout his entire career as, like, an amateur. I know he's been playing for a very long time. But, like, yeah, like, there's people, like that just communicate well. Like, you're like, that's like a thing that like, you don't need to work on too much. Like there are players that come into the lead that need to fucking work on it massively. But like, from what it seems like, Ghosty seems to communicate a lot, just like listening to that. And I'm sure he did that a lot in challengers too. So like, that's not that crazy. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I, I think like if that's how he talked probably like beforehand, like him directing traffic, I think that's really good. I think that's good for optic too. Like I, the, the, the thing that I noted, like that I liked the most, I think in that entire listening Outside of there was a couple of cues like he was like speaking directly to, like to players and stuff and saying like yo like Kyler I have your double palms Kyler I have your double palms like he continuously like repeated it like in a calm fashion like making sure like the guy in the hill is not fucking tweaking out because obviously that's really yeah. important was when they killed three dead when they got the three dead by the P two and not a single one of them said anything about Bants being missing and then and then he was like yo we are missing one it's Bants he is going to be behind us like things like that are really important, like really important in Call of Duty, like really important. Control, especially, and hard point. Like those moments can like make or break your game. You know what I mean? If you don't realize you're missing one and then like you're in your base and you get caught lacking because you think they're all spawning out type thing, like that is really important stuff. So 
I don't think it's that crazy that he comes in like leads the charge. I think that's like an overrated way to look at things, just in the sense of like if he's a, if was a good community good communicator in challengers, he's a good communicator in pros. He's not just gonna join this roster and be like, oh my god, someone else is gonna yeah. talk over me. That, that's bullshit. But like, yeah, no, I wasn't. That was impressive in the sense of just the way he was communicating. Like, I like the fact that he was very direct with his teammates of what he had. He made it very clear as an AR. You have to make it very clear. And then in that three dead moment, yeah, no one noticed that they were missing Vance but him. And then he said it, and he also said who it was, and he said how that guy likes to play, and Vance does like to play like that. So he was like spot on. The guy came from their spawn. So, yeah, I think that was impressive. I think that was really good. And I think that's what this Optic team doesn't like necessarily, like I would say, need. I guess need, but like it can only help because having players like Shotzi and Hook on your team specifically, like those two guys run around a lot, obviously very hectic players in the way they play and they're very good at it, it's going to be helpful to have someone calming and communicating like what needs to be done here and there and like to get them to do it. So from what I've seen, I, I think that was amazing. I don't know. I, I think that was really good at him. That was impressive stuff. He's been playing for a long time, so I don't want to use the words like, you know, like for a new player. Like, yeah. like he's been playing for a very long time. So like, yeah, I think that was impressive stuff. So I liked it. Yeah, so, so W, w comms right there. Optic. Good W because they had an absolute stinker against Toronto, so they, they followed it up with a good series. They right. have to play, obviously, we talked about they play you guys. They had to play New York as well. So Optic has probably the most interesting weekend next week. They had a really hard schedule this major. They've done a good job so far. They're good value to make winner's bracket, but we'll see what they do next weekend with the new squad. Uh, moving on, we're going to do rapid fire these next two teams. So okay. Seattle also went 1-1 one one this week. Uh, they lost 1-3 to Thieves. And they beat Florida three and one. We'll get to Florida in a second on mm -hmm. the back end of this, but um, I don't know how much of Seattle you watch this weekend. But they look like they're on the up part of the roller coaster as we've seen for them. SNE looks a little bit improved at least on Hotel, and they're continuing to be a good respawn team. Do you think they're going to be a force if they make it to winners at this event? I think if Seattle makes it to winners, no matter what, I think they're going to be a force, no matter how they look. In my opinion, with them. Because they're always going to be a decent respawn team. Even when they're not playing very well, I think they'll always be pretty good, especially on land at respawn. And I just think if they get their search up, which it seems like they're starting to like slowly work on it and stuff, you know, like if they start winning these matches, like, yeah, I think they'll be a force. I, I don't think Seattle can ever be counted out ever if they make it to the winners and they're playing good enough, no matter, again, no matter how they look online. As long as they're there on land with that, I think they're also really good my theory with them too is i do think that seattle plays very well on main stage like in like bigger moments i think like i don't know i feel like i see that team just do like big things in big moments a lot of times so, you know like i think they're a really good team and i've always had faith in them so yeah i think they'll be a force if they continue to you know play well and make that winners uh it's nice to see them slowly start working out of this rut you know like and like kind of get out to like what they need to get out to and be the team that they need to be so yeah, I, I, I think 100% that they will be uh, a good team to in the winner's bracket if they make it there and they keep solidifying themselves. So I think they'll be good. Cool. And then who was the other team? Or am I missing well, something? Well, oh. so Seattle will finish yeah. up against London and New mm -hmm. York. So I think they're good value to make winners. Mm -hmm. the, the last team is Florida. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a bit of an interesting one. Like they're also a team that went um, oh, one on one this week. Uh, they uh, beat Boston, surprisingly beat Boston, 3-1. to one. I don't think anyone really predicted that one. And then they lost to Seattle, which I think was a little more predictable. Uh, they're 1-3 in this qualifier right now, so likely not making 
winners unless they're last match against LAG. They do something and they get a little bit lucky. Hmm. Um, I, I don't know what to think. I mean, I'm curious what you think, but I don't know what to think of this Florida team because um, I don't know if they got any better. They won. They beat Boston. Sure. But like their S&D has fallen off a cliff. That's what I was going to say. Changes. Yeah. Yeah. It, their team's weird because pretty sure we mentioned it in like the last episode we talked about him a little bit. It's like getting rid of Mike, Major Maniac, and like you know, I think this Florida team needed to make a change, and I stand by that. I don't know if Mike needed to go, but the thing with Mike for me was weird. Is like getting rid of Mike in this two-person change was just so weird because they're gonna they're taking a huge risk of like not being good at S and D or as good, you know, like with what they were doing. But they didn't make like a crazy in the sense where like all of a sudden they're gonna be a dominant respawn team. So I I think like it's like it's weird. Like I think they got better, but they also got worse in the same time. So like I think like again they can beat teams and they again they can definitely contend when they are playing well. Like they beat Boston, but it's hard now where it's like they have to kind of find like that balance. I feel like their S and D since this roster change has been a little weird. And with a two-person roster change, that kind of makes sense because a lot of things have changed in their respawn, especially losing... I mean, in their S&D, especially losing Mike. But I, I don't know. I, I like Capsule. Like, I, I don't know. They're they're such an odd team right now. They're a very odd team. Like, I think they're still new and they still have some stuff to work out. I know they're not in the best position to, like, really have too much time to do it. But, like, yeah, no. I, it's a huge question mark for me with them because of just how good they can be it's like, how good can they be at respawn, or could they get back to that S and D game without like having the likes of Mike on their team, like Major Maniac, you know? So like, they're they're still a huge question mark for me. Like, I think their ch- that change needed to happen. I don't know. Mike was like, you know, kind of like on the fence with me, it's just because like I think he's so good. I also think he's a really good teammate and stuff. So like, it's just weird. It's just weird. I think they need to like really figure it out and search again and get back to that level. If they can get back to their level as they were at search with like kind of winning some respawns, they can be like a ratty team to play against. And it'll be tough. But they got to get there, right? So I don't know. They're uh, they're uh, an interesting team right now. I think that I think they're. Someone said in the chat. I think their ceiling is like a little bit higher. You know, like I think their ceiling got a little bit higher. But I also feel like their floor. But I also feel like their floor is weird because of like the S and D change. You know, like I feel like there's a lot of like room for crazy shit. You know, so I don't know. And also, I, I, yeah, I don't know. It's just a weird one. We'll see. We'll yeah, just have I, to see I, now. I agree, Chris. It's like I they I and some of the chats had Rambo Thread idea, Mike in for S and D. Like that might not be the well, worst idea. Didn't they release him though? Isn't he gone? Oh, I think he is gone too. Yeah, they, they that's what I'm saying. I don't think that's a yeah doable idea considering they literally released the guy and I'm assuming I think Mike, Vickle's still the only sub they have, technically. Yeah, I'm pretty sure if that's the case and they released him, Mike's probably like, fuck you guys. You know what I mean? Like He's not going to come back and just play search because yeah. um, that screws him with his amateur. Like the problem again, it's, it's, there are, um, they have made this two person change. I think capsule was a great ad. I think watching cap play, especially this weekend, like, uh, he is definitely got the talent to be in this league. He's got that takeover. No cap's good. Potential. Yeah. He's really good. I don't know if they're going to be able to keep him long-term, but like that was a good get, but the rest of the fit with the team, like doesn't, I don't know, man. There's still there's still a bottom team in the league. Like that hasn't changed. They're, they haven't done anything where they're moved into the top eight. I think for now, 
yeah, maybe they get hot here or there, and they they take a few scalps. But I think they've made the, the roster change, and they're still gonna probably get like top twelve at this event. You know, the problem the problem is is just again they can win matches when they're playing good. I think any team in this league can. You know, I said that earlier in this podcast. I I think this league is super competitive to the point where even when you're talking about a team that's struggling. They can always beat any team on any, any given day, depending on obviously how they're playing and a bunch of other stuff. So the league is very competitive, but a big thing with this league and the competitiveness of it is making sure your floor is higher. And I just feel like right now with this team specifically, until things change potentially, their floor, it's just like there's their floor is just still kind of low and their ceiling might've got a little higher, but like the room for the middle area is just so odd to me with this team. So it's like a very odd team right now looking at it and again that's why it's also crazy that they released mike with this change because again this could have been something too and i know i keep saying mike major i just think i don't think major is bad at respawn at all and i think he's really good at search and i've worked with him personally where i know he's a really good teammate and he has a really good attitude so it's like i feel like releasing him was kind of crazy too i know probably budgeting and stuff but yeah, like this, like I think Cap was a really big pickup, and I think that could help, and I think that could have started something for them to like, you know, kind of figure out the roster. But I'm not too sure, so who knows? It's just a very odd team, to be honest. But yeah, I think that's all the teams, right? And then what can we? Is that everyone? I'm on. I'm, and then we, we met. We, oh no, yeah, no, we no, talk no. about like thieves, but I, again, I don't. I mean, if people have questions on them. I, I don't. I don't think they had interesting weekends. I don't think there's much to talk about. New York played one series, like. You know, whatever. They played well. They won. Yeah. yeah. No, New York lost this weekend. No, I was played. talking about Thieves. Oh, right? yeah. Thieves yeah. played good. I was saying New York lost. It's like, it's like whatever, bro. Um, so I think what's more we should spend some time on and take some questions is uh, sort of the winner's bracket and how it's setting up right now. So if you want to click on that link. I got it. Um, my guy, Doug Lieb, uh, posted on Twitter. He's on these <laughs> every week in a CDL of sort of who has the best chance of starting in winners. We have a bunch of two and one and three and one teams. And the way things are setting up right now, pretty much everybody with two wins is probably looking pretty good. So 100% you guys are in, 100% Toronto is in, and 100% Boston is in. So that's three top seats. New York and Seattle are both two and one. Thieves is also two and one. Um, so they're probably good. Optic as well. Optic thing is less one percentage just because of the difficulty of schedule they have. Because that's like five or six spots right there, maybe even seven. So you probably got the rest of the teams fighting for one more spot. Um, and so I would say, and I kind of agree with Doug here, uh, looking at the schedule that Vegas has, I know we haven't talked a lot about them mm-hmm. um, in this episode. They've got to play Rocker and LAG. Mm-hmm. I can definitely see Vegas winning one or both of those games. So can and I. And getting the yeah. eighth spot. I do too. Yeah. I, I... I think even with Vegas playing us and, you know, they they played well first map and then the next three maps we, we kind of like, you know, really played well against them and like kind of just kind of put it out. I do I do think that Vegas team still looks better. You know, I, I think they look slightly better right now with 2Real. I know we were really questioning how 2Real is going to play. Um, I think they look a little better right now with that change. Uh, like not, nothing crazy yet, you know. They still need to have some more matches under their belt to like really kind of, you know, make a fair assumption of their team, but... I do think they look better. And with that schedule that you just said, like Rocker's not playing very well right now, you know? So like, you never know what's with them. And depending on even like with that interview, if they're going hard in practice and whatnot, like who knows, maybe they, maybe that is their wake up call and they completely change things around. So we'll see. But I do think Vegas can very easily 
win both of those, if not one. Yeah, you know, like I, I think that especially because like LG is kind of struggling too, and like they're kind of going through it. So, I think Vegas is in a good spot to make winners. Yeah, like I, I think they're doing pretty well. So, um, yeah, I, yeah, I feel good about Vegas. I know London's being given a bit of a chance here via Doug's model. I, I don't know if I feel the same way with London. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's maybe to strengthen the schedule because they're playing. Well, yeah. I don't even know because they're playing. They're playing Seattle and Toronto, and I don't think I have them really having a chance in either series so uh i think vegas probably gets in i think rocker probably screwed um i think optic with the hard schedule will probably get at least one win that'll be that'll be your eight so your bottom will be lag florida london and um yeah. minnesota so yeah we'll, yeah we'll have to see like i i'm i see like i'm very curious to watch the minnesota matches now knowing this like lack of work ethic thing that was like announced with that like interview i'm very curious to see like what changes with them so I, again, I feel like there's something missing with that. I don't know. I feel like there's something missing with that. Like, I, it just seems so odd to me. But uh, what well, the I, hell I, is the chat standing right now? Yeah, we'll, we'll get to that in a second. I okay. mean, to be fair to the other rocker piece to your point is they've, and I, we didn't even talk about this when we had their segment, is if you count the loss they had against you guys in winners' finals, they've lost five series in a row. So I do think they're probably on a little bit of tilt. So let's see if they turn around. So let's take a couple questions from the okay. chat and get out of here. Mm. The first question is an interesting one. We talked about this on the flank a little bit. Hey, Crowder and Ben, do you think that the games this, this weekend and some of the results that happen, specifically some individual players, a lot of commas in this, in this, uh, yeah. in this uh, question, were, were a result of some guys taking the rank grind too seriously and in turn affected their efforts in the okay. games this weekend? So basically asking if there's a rank play debuff. Your okay. thoughts, Chris? So first of all, no. Well, depending. Like, who who are we talking about? Like, who who's been who, have have people been playing ranked so much that they're not scrimming? Like, is that a thing? Like, uh, I I don't think anyone's right, so missing. If we want to say scrims. Draza, if we want to say Draza, Draza won their match. So who the fuck cares? So that 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 theory is thrown out the fucking window. Standy's not on the team right now, so he doesn't count. Yes, he's, he's a count. Parasite's Bruce, on the team. He's a count. Bruce is dashy. Dashy. They they won their like. They, you know, I know they went one and one, but like. I think they lost fine. the first series. Yeah. yeah, I think they're still fine. Oh, they want one on one. They had a bad series and a good series. Well, I think Bruce Bruce played really poorly. I think where this is coming from is Chad. He played pretty poorly in that that Toronto series, right? Like he got smoked. I mean, that's where this is coming. Is, 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 is that what people are getting at right now? Like, I'll, I'll subscribe to this, Chris. Like, I would say that there are definitely probably some players either that played this weekend that we know about or don't know about mm-hmm. that probably like. Maybe with the rank play grind, they're staying up a little bit too late. It's messing up their schedule. It's throwing things off. Uh, or maybe like they're playing rank play and then they're going to these matches and like maybe taking chows they shouldn't because of rank play when they're firing back into players. That shoot um, back, it's different. Yeah. yeah. I, I, but like, but like I once it. you get one of those series in and you're like, okay, now I'm not playing rank play. I got to actually fall back on the stuff I work in practice. I don't. The debuff maybe is for a couple maps or one series. I think everybody will uh, learn their lesson. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe. I mean, the biggest thing about the rank play stuff is like, yeah, like, you know, some people might be like grinding the shit out of rank play or whatever. And like, yeah, technically, I guess that leads to less sleep if they're waking up for, you know, waking up for scrims or whatnot. Waking yeah. up for scrims. It's like, if it's sacrificing scrim time, that could be an issue. And it's also fixed by it happens once and never again. You know what I mean? Yeah. But like, if it's not sacrificing scrim time for the most part, like, again, I guess if we're talking about Dashy, I don't know his personal life very well, but, like, hasn't he always, like, slept late? You know what I'm saying? And, and like, it, like, just because, like, 
he now can see what he's doing on his off time, which is playing Call of Duty. Like, mm. beforehand, you didn't know what he was doing on his off time. Like, for all you know, realistically, it's like someone's off time could have just been doing fuck all, just doing nothing, right? And like nothing productive at all and still not doing the same thing. But now he's playing Call You know what I mean? Like, it's just like the most ridiculous thing to go down. Like, I, I don't know. I guess nah. maybe, I guess maybe like, maybe it affected like a day or two, but usually all that takes is like, yo, like you like the team or the co that's a coaching staff thing or anything. Or the team is like, yo, like wake up for scrims on time. And when you scrim, give me a hundred percent effort. You know what I mean? Like, and if that's the case, like, I don't know. I would hope not. Like, I, I, cause I, like our guys, like, you know, like MC and Tyler specifically right now have like really high ranks and stuff. And like, I think, uh, I want to say Austin's pretty close up there too. I don't know where Chris is at like simp, but, uh, regardless, like, I don't know. Like, I, I think that's like a little bit ridiculous. And also like the rank play thing, like creating bad habits. I mean, man, like, I guess it's just all the way you practice, but like, it only creates bad habits if like, you're really like trying to let it create bad habits. I, I, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, I, I feel like a lot of like bad habits and scrimmage stuff is like chowing together and going the right way and stuff and all that. Like, man, like it, it takes, it takes a, it takes a lot to create bad habits like that. Like, I'm not yeah. too sure. Like. It, it really it really depends i guess that that's all specific to the person like for example with tyler and mc i can really only talk about my player specifically in this scenario because i have like actual like i could see it they have not created any bad habits at all and they play a shit ton of ranked you know what i mean like everyone's different i guess to, at the end of the day with how they react to that but like i think people are just reaching because they love the reach to be honest i think people love the reach and make theories about bullshit when like it's just is what it is i don't know I really, I really I'll say, think that's just a reach. I don't think so. I'll say this on the Bruce thing is like, I talked to him a bunch and like, I think he, this year, he's definitely tried to fix his sleep schedule. Like he's, yeah. what he's been doing is like, well, I'm pretty sure he's been on a much better schedule. Yeah. Right? He's yeah. been like, he's been like going to the heck. He's been on a, he did something very interesting, which he's been like going to waking up early, going to hex quarters, streaming from the hex quarters and then Ubering downtown and then doing scrim. So he's been actually up in the morning mm -hmm. playing Mosh and then going grind with his team and then going back. Mm -hmm. um, but I subscribed to like maybe for one or two of these series today, like some maybe one series per, per team where players came in and like were had to get off some little tendencies or this and that in regards to rank play. But I think it'll get fixed. I also think eventually people are going to get bored of rank play and start playing eights again. I think eights will pick back up probably at some point either before this major or right after this major. So that will be, right. you know, yeah, that'll be all of that. Um, any other questions? Wait, just, the yeah. last thing, the last thing we play before match day is eight hours of ranked. I don't know. I'm a, I'm a just going to say it. You have to be pretty fucking dumb to let rank play affect your gameplay. Like, yeah, bro. Like, man, it like maybe a little bit. I'm talking the slightest bit. I'm talking the slightest bit, the slightest bit, but even that is still a far reach, bro. Like, Pro players are pretty fucking, like, bro, pro players, like, literally go, like, it's just shooting your gun. Bro, it's just shooting your gun with the same spawn system. Like, bro, that, that's the same thing as if you played shipment all fucking day. Like, a BZ plays shipment all the time, well, before ranked. Like, it's the same thing, like, he's not shooting against players that shoot back, but, like, he's just shooting his gun, like, man, it, like, I don't think people realize, but, like, pro players are not playing ranked play, like, it's, like, their scrims to the point where it's, like, they're going hard, like, oh, I'm learning this and that and this. Like, they're just, like, running around and shooting their gun and shit, bro. Like, I, I, I'm telling you, it, it really, it really is a reach. 
like a really, really massive reach to say that. I think like, I, I guess like what people, like, I, I think people are just on Dashie's dick for no reason. If that's what we're talking about, like, Hey, if we're using him, like Ross is doing a 24 hour right now. Yeah. He's not screaming today. Mondays are off days. Let him do what he wants. That's what I'm saying. Like, would you rather the guy like, that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't think that's a big deal. Like dude, letting people like, he's not screaming today most likely because of, because of content. Like a lot of people have Mondays off and then like, it's just like, what's the big deal? Like, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I really think that's a mega reach, dude. I really do. Like, it's just now that people can see like what people are doing in the off time. It's like, oh my God. Like, I don't know. I feel like everyone just tries to like make some fucking crazy narrative of theory up on some fucking bullshit. And now all of a sudden you're playing COD too much. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I don't know. There you go. Like, like it's like at first it's first, it's not enough. And now it's too much. It's like, I don't know. People just like make shit, making shit up. Um, uh, okay. What? Well, yeah, we'll go to go to the next though. I'm sure, I'm seeing. We'll take one more question. I'm just trying to see if there's a good one. Um, someone's asking. I mean, we'll 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 end with this one. Is what are your guys' take on the ultra onliners debate, Chris? You probably agree with me, bro. This whole like. Our people, our people thing onliners now? thing is the dumb, dumbest thing because you and I, you guys, you don't understand how many times Chris and I have had this conversation. We must have had this conversation 10 times plus of like, I just hate when people just say so-and-so is an onliner as if like, as if people just play completely differently well, when they get to land, like completely and utterly just differently. I understand that the game right now. Though between online and land is a little bit different with this. This year is definitely a little thing. different. This year is yeah. definitely a little different. For sure. and all that other stuff. But like in terms of form, online and form on land, do you well, really think is that so, much of a difference? I'll say one thing. This year is a little different. And I'm normally on the I'm normally on the side of like if you use online as an excuse, like shut the fuck up. I, I hate that. Even like with my even throughout my entire coaching career, even when I was a player. Even to my own self, when I ever caught myself acting like that, I would end up being like, wow, I'm being a huge bitch. You know what I mean? But like, regardless of that, like this, this year is a little weird with like the sound equalization and like how apparent footsteps are using a headset compared to like the earbuds with a fucking loud ass crowd and stage. It's definitely a little different. So I will say there is some, there's more variance than there was before, but my argument to this has always been, and it always will be, unless you lose a very, very close game it is most likely not like an online thing. Like I've watched my team scrim on like, you know, quad Texas host back in the day before the servers were a thing. And I've watched them win a lot of maps, you know, with the disadvantage. I've also watched them lose maps. And like a lot of the times they would lose a map if it was by like 50 to 60 to 70 points, like a lot of like a, 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 a larger margin than like, you know, a 10 point game. Like ping doesn't, make you go the wrong way on the map is like my point. And so with the onliners thing, my opinion has always been this and it always will be like most, uh, this game is a little different for sure, but you just get nervous. That's what you're saying. You're saying that the people that show up when the stage, the, the big stage is there, they are not playing as confident, AKA not like playing like, like as, as confident in the same, AKA they're kind of getting shit on a little bit more. That has nothing to do with ping as much as it means they're just getting nervous. And I don't think as many players as people like really make it out to be really truly do get that nervous about it. I just like, I, like, I don't know. Like, I definitely think there probably are players that do. I'm sure, I, you know, I'm sure that's a thing for sure. I'm sure people deal yeah. with match anxiety and all that other shit. Uh, probably no one wants to talk about it. Cause God forbid, you know, you know how that reaction would be to the public. 
but like yeah no i don't know i dude like even i guess the best way for me to explain it from like a coaching perspective is the play that alec and are alec and arsides and assault had on that search right you know how assault took that challenge by himself in a one-on-one yeah. now if there's a 10 if there's a 10 ping difference assault could take that challenge right this is all hypothetical by the way i'm not saying he said this but assault could take that challenge and die but scraps has 10 less ping than him he could be like, wow, this online shit's bullshit. I win that online every day, blah, 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 blah. That does not change the fact that you took a shitty fucking stupid fucking challenge and died, right? Yeah, yeah. That, that's always my point where like in hard point, does the 10 ping have the difference between you rotating at 30 seconds and you hitting the scrap time at 20 and like completely fucking up a rotation or making a really bad play and running the wrong way on the map? Like most likely not. Does ping have the difference between you challenging together and like small talking the challenge together? Probably not. You know what I mean? Like I would say from my experience as a coach and a player, there are definitely people that, you know, again, there are definitely people that perform a little bit better on the, on the stage, a little bit worse for sure. But a lot of the times you lose, you can go yeah. back and be like, well, you went the wrong way here. You didn't challenge together here. You pushed out the wrong way here. You made the, you didn't block the spawn here and you lost. And so therefore, yeah, you lost that 50, 50 gunfight me a fucking river you still played like shit you know what i mean that's how my point of view has always been on it and again from my experience as a coach almost any time i've ever heard a player say that and stuff i've gone back to the map and been like well then why didn't we rotate here and then why didn't we challenge here and then why exactly. didn't we do this here so exactly, it's like bro. i of course there's always like correct info to it and incorrect stuff but at the end of the day most of the time like if you have a good philosophy in cod online it transfers to land of course, there's other factors. Not, there's no one-all, be-all saying for this. And there are people that play slightly better when it matters more and slightly worse when it doesn't. But again, 10-ping difference or 20-ping difference sucks, but it doesn't make you run the wrong way. Again, like yep. using that play with LAG, that, that, that challenge on land, yeah, maybe it could go your way, but the consistent play is not to take a one-on-one -on -one challenge in a crucial moment. That is my point. Yep. So like, I, I don't know. I think that shit is so fucking easy. Nope. But this year is still a little weird. I will say the disclaimer. That loudness equalization shit and everything else with it is wild. So it definitely is. People have more awareness online than they do on land. That is 100% a thing. So it, this year is a little different. I will say that. But I still hate using that as a cop-out unless I watch my team play perfect COD and then, you know, some bullshit happen. Where it's like, we played so well this entire map and then you just got shit on in a 50-50 gunfight. Okay, maybe. But very rarely does that happen. Or you got sound horde this year. That could happen. But yeah. I don't know. Well, that's cool. It. I think that's a good spot to end in, Chris. Um, mm -hmm. I think this is a fun episode. We'll do this again on next Monday before you and I leave on Tuesday to uh, Texas. And then we'll do it the Tuesday after just because Monday's a travel day chat. So appreciate everybody that tuned in. People watching at home. Uh, on YouTube, the people watching on the audio. Obviously, if you want to watch the videos, they're all uploaded to Crowder's channel. Um, we're also uploading the audio, video, audio versions to like Spotify and Apple Podcasts. So if you go to anchor.com, anchor.fm, sorry, slash scrap time, you can see the links to all the episodes and all the platforms you can subscribe there. Chris, as always, is a pleasure to speak with you, and we'll see you on the next episode. Thank you, Ben. Appreciate you guys watching, chat.